0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us. This is going to be a verse-by-verse edition with none other than Rick Maynard. Welcome to the Grace Point Daily Podcast, Rick Maynard.
1: Thanks for having me again.
0: I guess we don't really need to welcome you. You're a regular, a staple now. I am. Two seasons in.
1: Maybe I should welcome you Someday you'll Yeah.
0: <laughs> Someday you'll be like Tom Brady, 20 seasons in. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to live that long <laughs> or not. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a verse-by-verse edition. That's where we just get the Bible out. We just go through verse-by-verse. Before we dive in, thank you. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. So like, share, subscribe to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We really want to make a difference and connect with you throughout the week, in your spiritual life, give you that encouragement. So let's dive in, Rick.
1: Okay. We are 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 2. And this is uh, still talking about Solomon uh, making the dedication or giving the dedication of the temple. And so in verse 2, it says, All the men of Israel came together to King Solomon at the time of the festival in the month of Ethanium, the seventh month. Uh, this is uh, the leaders had been invited to this meeting, so it, it's like a uh, a pastor's meeting, but it's open to the public, and, and that's what this was. So people began to come just because they were uh, dedicated, wanted to be part of. It'd be like uh, opening a new church in the yeah. city. People who don't even go to that church might come just because it was an exciting event uh, to open up something. So that's what's happening here. And we don't know what festival it talks about at at the festival time, and the festivals were something that was... Uh, very important to the Jewish people, you know, and still is to the Jewish people. We don't celebrate those. Uh, I've said sometimes I wish that I had been raised Jewish, mm-hmm. where I just had that, you know, the knowledge and the experience. Uh, but they don't—they um, don't really open it up necessarily. I mean, I suppose you could go if you knew where and when. Uh, there are some people we do the Passover here, which mm-hmm. is part of it. Um, But I've never been part of all of those festivals. I think uh, every year they have a Feast of Tabernacles at Lake of the Ozarks, so you can go and be a part of some of those uh, things. Stella, her family was kind of raised around some of that. They weren't really Jewish, but they adopted some of the Jewish customs, and I think they would go to the Feast of Tabernacles. Mm -hmm. Uh, But some of her experiences weren't good there because it was not true Jewish, so it was somebody just... Kind of like taking out the parts they liked and celebrating that, but then leaving out the parts. It's like when I
0: read the Old Testament, you read these celebrations, these Mm -hmm. festivals, you're like, man, maybe we should – Party more as a church. Like right. doesn't seem like we do that much in the New Testament, but it'd probably become very religious if we began to do that. Like oh, yeah. we have to have this celebration. We have to have this celebration. It would probably just come religious if right. we did that.
1: It's like uh, here it comes again, right. You know, <laughs> and then we would add all of ours into it. You know, we'd have Easter and Christmas and everything else that we do as non-Jews too. So, so anyway, there, there's a if you begin to look, and we're going to talk just a little bit about the Jewish calendar, but if you begin to look at at some of these dates and things, if you look at what happened here, it's been 11 months since the temple had been completed. And so, uh, you know, the question that you run across is why was it completed, and then it's 11 months before uh, time to, you know, to have a dedication of the temple to actually open up the temple. And, you know, there's all kinds of opinions about that, whether it was uh, because they were waiting for this festival time. Maybe it had just passed and they wanted to, to have the celebration during this particular festival, Um, you know, waiting for a special day. There might have even been, you know, maybe when you build something like that, it's kind of like that final inspection, uh, the walkthrough, if you would, that maybe it just was Solomon walking through that place as massive as it was and looking at every detail to make sure that before we open this, we've done everything that God said to do. You know, and it's just perfect, in other words. So uh, maybe the punch list, I guess that's what we would call it today, having a punch list. So, um, And then, you know, just being afraid that God wouldn't accept it because it hadn't been done right. So you just want they – we don't get that today. You know, Mm -hmm. if we had a church here, so what if, you know, if one of the walls didn't get painted, we have church, and we'll paint the wall next week. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not that big a deal. But but these were big deals, and the Jewish calendar was very – significant then and they worked on a different calendar and they still do today and i just i want to look at it and and there's a couple of quotes that i thought were interesting uh when it comes to time and i've heard all kinds of philosophical sermons preached about time and how there's no time with god and we are on a time schedule and stuff so anyway a couple things einstein says when you sit with a nice girl for two hours you think it's only been a minute but when you sit on a hot stove for a minute, you think it's been hours. That's relativity. Yes,
0: amen. <laughs>
1: and then uh, the old phrase. You got some things right there, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, time is money. Time should be worth more than money. You know our time, mm-hmm. and so and again in the the uh, well in Jewish thinking, uh, you know it says ask a terminal patient. You know when you talk about time is money, if you're a terminal patient. Time has nothing to do with money when yeah. you watch your life uh, slipping away. Uh, Psalms says, to, so teach us to number our days in order that we get us a heart of wisdom. So right along with what Solomon's talking about and, and the, most, the wisest man there was, uh, he's talking about how time is so important. And, uh, and Judaism says to sanctify time and turn every moment of life into the holy. That's the purpose of Judaism. Now, you know, I, I've told this before that when I first experienced, when I went to Israel was the first time I really experienced anything about Judaism. I had never read about it, studied it. I was just, it was almost like, and I'm not saying this to be derogatory because, because I've changed, I, I was acting out of ignorance. I thought that Judaism was like uh, Catholicism mm-hmm. when I was a kid raised, you know, it was like, well, Catholics are not Christians. You know, Catholics aren't going to heaven because they don't believe like we do. And so I thought about Jewish people. I just thought that they were the guys that wore their hair funny and wore the funny hats and, you know, did all these ritual things. And Mm -hmm. I thought, well, they're not really – I didn't understand about Judaism. Mm. And I know we still don't agree with uh, Judaism, but there are Messianic Jews out there, you know, so – not everything you can't put them in a box and say this is Judaism, but I just there's so many of the things just like I mean what I just read to sanctify time and turn every moment of life into the holy. Now that's that's a good theory. Yeah, that would be amen. good for all of us, not just Judaism. But yeah. uh, but a couple of things I'm just I just want to mention some things about the Jewish calendar and then we'll move on. But uh, we talk about we we uh, set time with B.C. and A.D. If you're an Orthodox Jew, they don't believe Jesus was Messiah, so they won't use sure BC and AD. So, because BC is before Christ, yep. <laughs> AD is in the year of our Lord. I so mean, they, who
0: uses that anymore anyway? Right, right, yeah, right. very <laughs> seldom. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. our culture is transition. What did they? What did they do in school? Right, school is not AD BC anymore either, I right? I don't. It's something else.
1: Really? I mean, it's if you look at a date someplace somebody would have to say well was that bc or a you know ad if you were in that close time frame you might be looking at that but um but they use bce which is before common area era and ce common area so era not area but uh the, the jewish calendar uh they are looking and i keep meaning to look this up I think in the Jewish calendar, it we're somewhere around the year 5,799. So for us, we're in 2019 A.D., and then we had all the B.C., but we don't know how far back B.C. really, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't know when creation was, but the Jewish people have looked at the biblical dates, and they have come up with a date when they believe Creation was, and so they literally believe it's five thousand seven hundred and ninety-nine years since creation.
0: That's so we're the, the the internet says we're in 5780.
1: 5780. Yep. Okay. I knew we were somewhere in that fifty-seven hundred area uh, era, but or area, I guess. But um, but they but the Jewish calendar begins the sixth day or after the sixth day of creation. So they believe. They have traced it back to the completion of the sixth mm-hmm. day, and that's when the calendar starts, is after that sixth day. So they believe then that those the first six days, that's could have been millions of years. That's why they can justify that the not the earth is only fifty seven hundred and eighty years old, but it's been fifty seven hundred and eighty years since he completed creation. So all of the millions of years that people talk about, it's kind of that uh, gap theory yeah. mm-hmm. would be the, uh, the idea. So, and with us, we have a 365 and a fourth days in a year. And then we have a leap year to take care of that other day, every four years with the Jews. They're basically their calendar is on a lunar. So 29 and a half days and 354 days in a year. Uh, if if you kept that calendar like that, then that's going to change Christmas and it's going to change the new, uh, you know, new Year's celebration is going to change Easter. Every holiday is going to start backtracking to the point that you would be celebrating Christmas in, uh, you know, in July or whatever. Some people st- yeah, still do Christmas, Christmas is in July, July right? <laughs> yeah. Some people are doing that anyway, but so they have a leap month instead of a leap year to make corrections. So, And they have a leap month seven times in 19 years. It's on the 3rd, 6th, 8th, 11th, 14th, 17th, and 19th year is when they have a leap month that keeps them even with our calendar so everybody can function. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, And the first month on the Jewish calendar is in April. So their new year is April, not January. And that is because uh, when they came out of Egypt... It says, This month shall be to you the first of months. And they came out of Egypt in April. Hmm. So that's where the Jewish New Year begins in April because that's what God said to do. This is the first month. This month. So really that I mean, coming out of Egypt, I know we I mean, we all know that was a big experience. Yeah, right, right. But even to the point that God said, This is your calendar. I mean, you will count the days, the rest hmm. of your life really from this day, from getting your freedom from uh, Egypt. And and one of the things that I I love, too, about, you know, and your life is like this, too, because you're, uh, as a pastor, and I, I hate to say your job is being a pastor. You know, I, I it's a calling, and <laughs> but it is a job. In, it is a in job. In sense. I mean, you have to.
0: I get a paycheck from Grace Point. Right. <laughs> and you have to
1: come to work, or you're probably going to, you know, I'm a deacon, we're not going to let you. Uh, work here, right. We're not going to pay if you don't work. <laughs> so it uh, works everywhere. But but with them, the uh, they don't believe in the days. They don't call the days of the week like we call the days of the week. So and we know if you've looked at it all that our days are all pagan. Sunday worship of the sun. Monday worship of the moon. You know we all like to get so holy sometimes. Like oh we don't, you know we don't deal with any of that <laughs> pagan stuff, but we do. Yeah. Every day when we say the day of the week, that's Mm -hmm. all based on pagan, you know, ritual. So, (laughs) uh, but theirs is, and I love this idea because I love the church and I really, my whole week is about coming to church. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm looking forward to Sunday when Sunday night church is over, I begin looking forward to Sunday the next week. And so for them, instead of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and going through all that, it is two days till Sabbath. One day till Sabbath, and then Sabbath, and mm-hmm. then it's six days till Sabbath, five days till Sabbath. So everything is, uh, you know, for us we'd have to stop and go. Okay, three days to Sunday. That would be Friday. You know, we'd have to. But for them, it's just natural. So yeah. when they say it's six days, and if you go to Israel, everything's closed on Saturday, like things are closed here on. No, well, not much is closed here on Sunday anymore. Right. Yeah. There's a few <laughs> yeah. Chick Fil A, I guess, but Hobby uh, Lobby. Yeah, there's a few <laughs> places, but not many that are closed. When I first came here, they had... That Chinese
0: they, place in Carthage here in southern Missouri. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: really. But when I came here, they had what they called the blue law. And you would walk into like a Walmart or Target or something like that, and they would have sections closed off that you could only buy certain things on Sunday. Hmm. Even though the store was open, you could you could just buy necessities. Wow. You couldn't buy any luxury items on a wow. Sunday. And they finally got rid of that. And of course now everything, you know, the mall and everywhere. That's, that's like Annie Griffith days. There. Yeah, really it is. <laughs> it is, Barney. <laughs> so so anyway, I love that. Uh, that's part of that Jewish calendar thinking. But I love that thinking that, that the Sabbath day is so important. Uh, you know, I yeah, I, I would imagine Yeah, that, that just
0: challenges me, you know, when you go through that, just the whole idea of reverence in the mm-hmm. old testament, that these God was sacred and holy. These things mattered. Mm-hmm. You know, like they they weren't optional. Like I think today's modern Christianity is so optional. Right. Something like church, right, right. is just completely optional. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, come on, Rick, I can meet with God up in the mountains. I, I right. can still, if I'm in the deer stand, I can
1: mm-hmm.
0: lift up a good old prayer to the Lord. I can bring my Bible right there with me. I can, what are you making this big deal about? Right. You know, it's things of that nature that, that, I, that that's where I want to lean in that direction of, of being more, Reverential, uh, you know right. th- that Jesus literally is the center of everything—the mm-hmm. calendar, right. my life, actions, uh, money, etc. That he really mm-hmm. becomes the center of all that stuff.
1: Right, and and he used those festivals. I mean, in the New Testament, you know, I mean, Jesus was Jewish. I mean, we kind of forget that sometimes. You know, we like to right. think, well, those Jewish <laughs> people. Well, Jesus was a Jew, and and he went to those festivals and he practiced those things as a Jewish. Man, yes, you know. Right. I mean, those were all important things to him too. Mm-hmm. But we look at that. Well, we don't want to do that, and it's not that important. And and then he used a lot of those things pointed towards him. They didn't know it when they were doing it. And then he used those. I mean, when they had uh, uh, the festival of lights, that's when he said, "I'm the light of the world." Mm-hmm. He used those things to say, "You've been celebrating that festival all this time, but I'm the." I'm the light of the world, yeah. you know, the water, you know, whoever drinks this water, you know, living water yeah. is, well, they had a, a water, a washing, you know, yeah. uh, the show bread on the table. I am the bread of life.
0: Yeah, no. so that, that simple phrase that Jesus said that to me really explains it all. I mean, for some people, I, I understand the argument, but he just simply said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came right. to fulfill the law. So, you know, I, I just believe in that statement. He was just saying, you know, everything beforehand, it's not like it didn't matter. Right. You know, right. sometimes we just say like, well, praise the Lord Jesus here. That's the old law. That's all. He's like that That stuff all still really mattered. Right. And it, it still matters. Right. I'm just the fulfillment of it now. Right. But yep. I, I love his phrase of saying that.
1: Yeah, I, and I like I say he practiced those things, and we're not going to veer off into all the festivals and those things. But I always think a lot of people don't think this is interesting. They're not into the numbers, and you know they don't care about leap years and leap months and 29 twenty nine and a half days and all those kind of things. But so we will move on from there. Verse uh, three and four. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the priests took up the ark, and they brought up the ark of the Lord and. Uh, and the tent of meeting, and all the sacred furnishings in it, the priest and the Levites carried them up. So uh, it just, you know, instructions, there was ways not only to build the temple or the tabernacle, but there's ways to carry the ark, and I mean everything was uh, designed, and uh, the, it was it had been stored in the temple. Nobody knows what happened to it. It probably uh, you know, we've talked about that here in the church. There are things in this church that have been here for years, sitting in a closet that nobody wants to throw away, <laughs> you know, and probably the tabernacle that was in the wilderness, they believe it was brought to the temple and stored there. Well, uh, you know, they probably thought it was holy and they couldn't destroy it or whatever. They figure it's was probably de- destroyed during the Babylonian uh, uh, siege or whatever that it was probably destroyed during that when it was burnt and those kind of things nobody really uh knows for sure but uh but it was never used again once it was brought there
0: now are you i mean this is completely random but are you going to be cremated or are you going to be buried like your body
1: i'll probably be buried okay because
0: i was saying you know we could maybe just like have them chop off like a leg bone Mm -hmm. or something of yours and <laughs> we'll put it like in a a box and uh-huh. at the altar and like can never be moved. Yeah,
1: like well, and all that carried.
0: The, I, I have so many great ideas yeah. about your death.
1: They carry Rick bones. You know this. Bones. <laughs> yeah. Don't bury me in Egypt. Yeah. Don't bury me in the cemetery. Bring me to the church <laughs> in an urn at the front or whatever. You know, if I don't get that statue out front.
0: What's that box in the closet? There's a bone in it. Yeah. It's Rick. That's Rick That's Rick, Rick lake, Don't you remember? Bone. Oh, I remember Rick. Yeah. yeah. Well. We'll what? make it real Jewish. We'll be your hip bone, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're way <laughs> off now. But, Sorry, I digress. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, um, now I lost my place, I just <laughs> want to honor the Lord, you know? <laughs> yeah, okay, well, we'll move on from there. But um, uh, the, uh, there's a question about who can enter the, the Holy of Holies, you know, and there, it was like the priest once a year, and that was the extent of it. But when you look at uh, the the culture of the time, what they could do, who was allowed to do what, you know, we know that the priest could only go in once a year to offer sacrifice. You know, there's the myth that the rope was tied around the ankle so they could drag him out if he died, which is a myth. Um, <laughs> I've heard many preachers preach that. And, uh, um, I won't name names. I'm not trying to embarrass mm-hmm. somebody because I didn't know either.
0: Yeah. You know? I've heard that and, before. Yeah. Yep.
1: And, uh, somebody who comes here very frequently, uh, to preach, not our pastor, but somebody who comes here. And, I, again, I won't mention him because I'm not trying to embarrass somebody. But, uh, but anyway, he preached that one time. And so after church, I, I mean, I wasn't, honestly, I know it's hard to believe, I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck because mm-hmm. people kind of think that of me. But um, but I just went up to him because it's like I couldn't find that anywhere. And uh, I said, where, where did you find that? And he said, he just kind of thought a minute, and he said, well, I guess I did. I guess I just have heard it, so I repeated it. And so as I began to look it up, it's like it just did not exist. Mm-hmm. The whole fable they said didn't even start to like the 13th century or something like that.
0: You you yeah. really need to brush up on your Jimmy Swagger commentary because it's in there. Okay. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, well,
1: well uh, you know right. it's, it's really funny because when I pulled it. Just up, kidding, Jimmy. I'm yeah, just kidding. Yeah, I really don't. That yeah, <laughs> could hurt if I got cursed by. Jimmy Swigert, but anyway, we don't want to throw him. He would throw right. us under the bus if he was <laughs> there. So we'll throw him under the bus. But anyway, um, the priest could enter. Uh, there, there were others who could enter, other priests. In other words, the high priest could enter. There were other priests that could enter. Uh, you know, there's people don't think about it. That thing's set there empty for a year. The sacrifices were offered once a year. Hmm. I mean, it would get dirty and dusty and, I mean, run down, and that's not a respectful uh, way, I mean, that would be like closing the church doors here and having church once a year, and then you come in and the cobwebs and the, yeah. uh, you know, so somebody could go Smell in. All that. Yeah, I mean, the, somebody. I mean, how do you know that things aren't the roof's not leaking and things yeah. aren't falling in? Yeah. and so it could be uh, other priests could go in for maintenance, and if the priests weren't available, the Levites were uh, allowed to go in. And I've heard explanations where there was a where they actually made a chamber where they could be lowered in so they didn't go through the, the veil, in other words, and hmm. different things, different ways that it could be done. I don't know how many of those are truthful, but there were other people who went in, and the priest didn't have a robe, and he didn't have bells on. That was the thing. They would say they had bells on, and if you didn't hear the bells tinkling as he walked around, then that man he died, so he pulled the rope and drug him out. So, uh Again, uh, what I started to say, the very first thing <laughs> that I read, when I pulled that up on YouTube or whatever it was, Googled it, the very first thing that I read was from the Assembly of God Theological Seminary, the guy that, on Jewish studies. Okay. And his was the very first explanation on there about um, that not being true okay you know in his studies so well there you go i mean i mean yeah
0: the sums god said it well yeah i mean it's true he's he's the
1: guy i mean we know he only works through (laughs) assembly of god theological seminary not any other ones so okay for all you people out there we are being sarcastic (laughs) (laughs) right sometimes you have to explain that they don't get sarcasm i'm gonna get a call from superintendent
0: don don (laughs) miller now jimmy swagger yeah
1: yep. we can Doug clay well call me in because i've always want to meet all those guys so okay um and verse 5, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel that had gathered about him were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted, which I think is amazing because there's so many times when it was counted or counted Yeah, how many right, sheep. Right. And, and so it's even more here. I, isn't it, you know, I, I just do not think we would have that in this day. Even if if we said we're building this temple in the United States someplace, and we're going to, um, you know, that's where that's going to be the symbol for America, for God's presence. I mean, number one, how many people do you think would even show up? And then if you said bring your, not even necessarily because we don't think about animal sacrifice, Mm -hmm. like, but if they said bring your money as a sacrifice or or bring. Your your vehicles as a as a sacrifice to mm-hmm. God in this. Dedicated. I mean, how many people and how many things do you think would really be sacrificed in our world today? I just yeah. it was just a whole different honor, fear, whatever of God. Are you asking me time. to throw out
0: some names right now? No, <laughs> <laughs> you're you're really getting me in trouble on this episode here, yeah. Rick. <laughs> well, uh, are there
1: some people you want to sacrifice or <laughs> so? Uh, you know I, but I, anyway, I just think about that sometimes in in how you know we we find so many excuses to not go to church, mm-hmm. you know to not honor God. and then uh, these people were so many sheep and cat cow- I mean that cost them something, yes, you know that was not something that was free and frivolous that cost those people something to sacrifice something before god and and you've talked about it many times recently in sermons about how we just we don't know what sacrifice is. Mm-hmm. You know, when we read about these guys that the martyrs, how many did you say the other night? So, uh,
0: I think seven. It was over seventy million. I think seventy, roughly seventy-seven million 77, martyrs. Or
1: seventy million people martyred. Yep. Not just seventy million people died, but martyred. Martyred. Yeah. You know, and we don't know what sacrifice is. I'm I'm reading a book. I don't read very often, other than studying, but I'm reading a book called "In the Presence of Mine Enemies," and it was a Vietnam uh, POW. Mm -hmm. wrote this and not really i don't think even when he went in a great christian man but you know solitary confinement and he was there for seven years in the in the prison camp and of course he talks about the torture and the the filth and you know all the things that were going on and the the rodents in the rooms and you know they almost became pets because it was such a regular (laughs) you know and counting how many bugs were on the wall was part of your uh, routine of the day to keep your sanity you know but he said that he would uh, walk back and forth. And, Of course, the cell's you know just big enough to even walk. You know, it was like three or four steps from one side to the other. But he said he had to make himself a regular schedule every day to keep his sanity. And part of that was he he tried to remember every scripture he could remember, mm-hmm. and he tried to remember every hymn. Yeah, you know, because this has been years ago. But all the hymns that he could remember, and then he just walked back and forth, singing hymns and. You know, yep. quoting scriptures, and now that's, you know, that's sacrifice. Now you right. choose to be there, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to to sacrifice. But he could have been mad at God, and mm-hmm. you know, why did you do this to me? And there is no God, and a God who would do this doesn't care about me. The you know, he could have had that kind of attitude, but instead, he walked back and forth. You know, really sacrificing yeah. before the Lord in a prison cell. So. I don't want to know that. I'm not asking for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, but we really don't know what sacrifice or poverty, you know, really yeah. is. But uh, 6, 7, and 8. The priests then brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place in the upper sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the caribbean. The caribbean spread their wings over the place of the ark and overshadowed the ark and its carrying poles. The poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary, but not from the outside of the holy holy place. Uh, These are, you know, the priests and Levites handling. just talking about the the, uh, uh, ark being so holy with these long poles that they were trying to be careful to not touch the ark. You know, we know that uh, Uzzah touched the ark and was killed for his irreverence of touching it. So... They were very careful, <laughs> put that thing on some long poles so yeah. we don't risk <laughs> doing what God said not to do, don't touch it. So uh, 8, 9, there was nothing in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it uh, at Horeb where the Lord made a covenant with the Israelites after they came out of Egypt, and I read a little bit in class, I'm not going to read it here today, but one of the books, um, I think some of, the, some of the books that you read go a little too far with this means this, and this means this, Mm -hmm. and this is probably what happened, (laughs) you know, and one of these things was this whole, like, page in a book that was dedicated to the argument of these, well, how is, if that was the only thing in there, what about this, and well, that was probably taken out here, and that was probably put in here, and there's all these arguments about this one scripture there about, and I I just think it says the only thing there was two stone tablets, you know, Mm -hmm. that's then That's pretty much what was there. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't know what happened to everything else, but uh, but that's all that was there. So, um, 8, uh, 10, and 11, when the priest withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord, and the priest could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled his temple. Uh, in Second Chronicles, if you're reading uh, the the mirror of the story, uh, it says 120 Levites blowing trumpets together with one sound. So you know the shofars basically is what um, I've I saw a video one time of some Jewish gathering, and all the people who had shofars brought them to this big nice. gathering. I mean there were thousands. <laughs> of That'd them. be cool. And they they all blew the shofars at one time, and I thought, man, that was just it was just kind of an awesome knowing that you know, the Lord's going to announce the coming with, I mean, the trumpet of the Lord will sound, yeah, you know. Right, right. I think we're going to hear something like mm-hmm. that probably in, Amen. in the end. We probably ought to blow the shofar here once in a while. We should. We um, haven't done it since I've know, been here. We haven't done it. So I need to drag <laughs> that thing out and see if I got enough. I don't know if I'm windy enough anymore. <laughs> Some people would argue about that. But uh, but anyway, the cloud symbolized the presence. Uh, Leviticus 16.2 says, the Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark or else he will die because I appear in the cloud or the over the atonement cover. So, you know, don't come in here when you're not supposed to come in here. That was the word. You know, there's a time and a place, and it's all been designed, but don't come in here. I live in this presence of this cloud, in other mm-hmm. words. So Exodus 43. Uh, 34 says, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled upon it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You know, we talk about, you know, let your presence come Lord, let your glory come. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't really even have a taste really of, I mean, wouldn't it? And again, I know God can do anything, but I've never heard of it happening where people came to the church and it was like they couldn't step through the doors because the presence was so mm-hmm. overwhelming. Yeah. And, I, and I've and i heard stories of, you know, a place where there was actually a blue mist or something in the sanctuary, you know. Uh, I don't know if that's true or if they had the fog machine going, you know. but yeah. And I know you're big on the presence of the Lord. <laughs> you, want that, uh, you want to create the cloud. Yep. In, the, in the church, but, um, you, you know, and I don't uh, why they couldn't perform <laughs> in this uh, scenario, but the presence, the darkness, and, and I know that seems weird because, you know, darkness, You we don't associate that with God, but I don't think it was darkness from the cloud. I think there was light within the cloud in that presence. And so uh, I don't think they they talked about other religions who have tried to mimic the presence of the Lord by darkness, you know, and I know sometimes we turn down the we turn down the lights mm-hmm. during worship or something as a peaceful setting, I guess, if you yeah. would. But it's not, you know, it's not God's more uh, prone to be in the darkness than He would be in the yeah. light, you know. But uh, but anyway, uh, the uh, we'll finish with this. Uh, there was a question there: Why did the presence come? You know, what was it? I mean, they built this place, and yes, it was magnificent, and uh, you know, it was beautiful, and it was done uh, uh, with the best of everything. But the question was, why? Why would the presence come? Why was God's presence so strong there? And the the answer, in a nutshell, that they had was obedience. That they had done. David did what he was supposed to do. God didn't let him build the or the the uh, temple. And now Solomon comes along and God gives him the directions and allows him to build the temple. And now they open up the temple and God's presence comes in just like he had promised it would. And why is that? It's it's because Solomon not because Solomon was the best pastor. <laughs> you know. Sometimes people think, well, the glory of God came to this church because that yeah, pastor right, is such right. a holy man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's not that's not the truth, mm-hmm. and so God's presence came there because they were obedient to what God had told them to do for that place. Yep. God's presence showed up other places, but for this time and this place, it was because of a, an obedience to do what God said to do. They didn't say, "Well, why? Why do we need uh, gold on the walls?" They didn't. You know, there's no place in this story yeah. yep. that they question anything that God said to do and said, "Well, I don't think we need to do that." To, to have God's presence. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we need to put a colored light on the wall or I don't think we need to, you know, yeah. why are we, why are we so upset about all of those things? We just want God's presence mm-hmm. in the place. So we'll finish with that. Great today. spot
0: to end on, man. I, I want to have church now. I wish it was Sunday so we can go to church. Yeah. And have the glory of God right there because it will be there. It's exciting. Thanks for joining us in the Word as we go through it. I challenge you guys get in the Word, whether, you know, as you're reading it, looking up other resources, things of that nature. Just dive deeper each and every week with us on the Grace Point Daily, verse by verse with Rick Maynard. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later.